The name's Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You got tear me apart, Lisa. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Mafia Podcast. I'm back. Jacob Trout. My other co-hosts, Gabrielle, Max, Lauren couldn't make it today, but you know, that's okay. Um, so let's get into this episode, man. We got a ton of news. Let's start off with everyone wants to hear WandaVision episode four. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I honestly, the, I was a little bit worried about how much longer the episodes were going to continue in their state. While I love the first three episodes, I was ready for something new. And a little bit of a change. And uh, was I blown away by episode four. It was amazing. I loved it. I know you guys both loved it. You know, what, what were your guys' thoughts? You know, Max, you go ahead and go first. Yeah, I really did love this episode. I thought it was a great, like, those those three, first three episodes behind the scenes or our world's point of view and what was going on. Um, and bringing back characters that we love from the MCU, like, you know, Randall Park and Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp and... Darcy from um, Thor films. I thought it was really nice additions to the cast, too. And just great callbacks. It felt so connected, this episode. Like, everything was just connected to each other. Um, that Wanda kind of is trapping these people for real. I think that's kind of the, another huge reveal that happened this episode. And I don't know if you guys, but the vision, dead, you know, the, the dead vision that we got at the end of the episode was pretty horrifying to look at again. Um, and it just there's so much to talk about. I can't wait to get into it. For sure. Yeah. And on that dead vision, I think that definitely cements the idea that vision's not there. This is, this is, uh, Wanda's own, you know, making this is this, she is there and she's creating this whole thing. It definitely answered a lot of questions I had about, you know, who is this, who's controlling this. It seems pretty clear that Wanda's controlling it and she put maybe herself in this psychosis. Um, and the people that are inside of that world or whatever, it seems like they lost their memory to some degree or, you yeah. know, like they, they're the citizens of that place, but they lost their own memory. So that's mm-hmm. why they're acting so strange. Um, I knew that Scarlet Witch, you know, Wanda was one of the most powerful characters in the MCU, but wow. I mean, looking at if this is all her doing a hundred percent, the power level is just off the charts. I mean, any object or person that crosses into that world is instantly you know, transformed. And uh, along with the memories of all the people, even the people not just inside of it, the memories of the people outside of it have no knowledge of the place. Uh, I just think that's incredible. I also wanted to bring up that the opening scene is fantastic, where it's um, the reverse of the snap, with people coming back from the snap. Yeah. Something that we've never seen before. Uh, we kind of, it, it kind of was a joke in the last Spider-Man film. But this, it really was also like a horror scene of like people popping back up in the hospital, Monica finding out that her mom has died while she was blipped. Like a lot of stuff just came right at us in the first five minutes. Yeah. You know, I never felt like they did a really good job uh, explaining the transition from Endgame to everything else. Because it's just like, oh, the heroes did this stuff and then now it's over. And then Spider-Man is just like, they talked about it for like a minute and then it's just, you know, they're moving on doing other things. And it was just like, wait a minute, isn't the world like irreversibly affected? Like, how does this go? You know, do people hate superheroes now? Did the superheroes even tell everybody what happened? Do people even know that this was like Thanos who did this or even know who Thanos is? You know, I I just want to know where is the press conference 
where you know Tony Stark or you know not, not Tony Stark I guess because he's dead um you know whoever else like old Captain America or Thor or something deliver like the speech to the city or to the world where they tell everybody what happened I mean or Nick Fury or something like but I, I guess you know maybe that might be coming in the future and future things but. At least we know for now. This is just a little bit more of what I was hoping for in Home and um, Far From Home. Oh, yeah. So you know, yeah, uh, Gabrielle, what did you think about this episode? Oh yeah. So not knowing that this episode was going to be this episode, I was like, all right, the '80s. What are we gonna bring to this? And I was totally blindsided. I think kind of like everybody else. I think we were all a little bit expecting the '80s to get some more information. And this, I was completely like. From the second it started, I was completely blown away. And I actually, right before I watched episode four, we watched one, two, and three with my friend. So I picked up even more clues. So, like, the beginning where they're all, like, in that tent and they're watching it on that TV, like, at the end scenes from the first three episodes. And this one, we finally find out what that is. Same with the helicopter. That was actually, like, a special helicopter that they flew in to try and see what's happening, the one that Wanda found and everything. Like, yeah. the radio, like, everything is starting to make sense, and I finally understand because I am not a part of, like, the Marvel Universe or, like, I've never really seen anything. So my friend who has was kind of, like, explaining me, like, taking me through this episode with her, like, all right, so everyone's coming back after Thanos' snap, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I do know, like, about that, but not about about that, if anyone knows what I mean, not sure if I'm making sense, but, so I was sitting there, like, all right, like, what's happening now, kind of thing, and she's just like, I'm not really sure, and I'm like, oh, you're not sure, so I'm really good, like, it was so awesome to watch, but I'm making so many more connections, and everything is starting to make so much more sense, that I really want to go back and watch all of the rest of, like, the Marvel the Marvel movies. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. So, Jacob, I don't know if you picked up on this as well. So, the, the best joke, in my opinion, in the entire series so far, was Jimmy Woo's introduction, where he does do the, the car trick that he learned from Ant-Man in the second Ant-Man film. I thought it was hilarious. They didn't stay on the joke. It just, he did the flip of his ID, and that was it. It was just a reference for us who, like, really love like just the little stuff like i think marvel does a great job of feeding you easter eggs but not like like hey hey remember this joke from ant-man 2 it's just it's just a part of it you know what i mean like it's oh, yeah it, it does a great I, job at that I, I totally i totally get that and uh you know that's a great scene another thing that i really wanted to touch on in this episode yeah. as well and you know it's not necessarily an easter egg but i do think it's similar where they bring uh darcy lewis back from yes. the Thor movies, if you guys don't know, she was in Thor 1 and the second Thor film, Thor The Dark World, which are, are probably, you know, both both shows are damn near tied as two of the worst movies in the MCU ever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, especially The Dark World is just painful to watch. So, those are the only two movies she was in, and she was excluded from the third Thor movie. Um, now she's back, and of course we know... Um, the other other characters from you know the first two Thor movies, obviously Chris Hemsworth has gone on to do a bunch of different things, um, but Natalie Portman, who was Thor's love interest in the first two movies, she was just gone after after those movies. So a lot of people thought, you know, what's the next step? Are these characters just because the movies were bad? Are they just getting written out of all the storylines? You know, where are they? And now we know Darcy Lewis is back. She's in WandaVision now, and we know that Natalie Portman is back. And she's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder and actually a pretty big role 
you know, we'll talk about that more later. But um, I, I just think it's nice to see the MCU not be afraid of their old movies. You know, seeing them, I mean, obviously we know what happened with the Hulk and how bad that was, and they just wrote that off. But outside of that movie, you know, Thor The Dark World was horrible. Like, really, really bad. And they're just bringing the characters back, and they're not afraid to be like, yeah, hey, last time we saw, you saw this character was in this terrible movie, but, yeah. you know, she's an important character to our universe, so she's going to come back and she's going to be a part of the, you know, part of the, the future of the MCU in some capacity. So I just respect... Uh, I really respect the MCU for, for not being afraid of its failures. And it works so well in the show, too, like very fluently. Like, I'm not a big, I was not a big fan of her character um, in the first two films. I thought her comedy was so off for those films. Like, you know, it was very early MCU days where the comedy wasn't quite there. Yeah. But what also was great about what your, her character is that you don't have to watch the first two Thor movies to, to like her or don't like her in this show. There's no, she doesn't bring up any references to any other characters from Thor, which I thought was great. I thought they were going to, you know what I mean? Like force feed that, oh, I'm this person from Thor. And it, it, it didn't, they didn't do that. She fit really well. And as you said, like the behind the scenes of Jimmy Woo, you know, on the radio and how Wanda is basically also producing the television for them. So she, so you didn't, they didn't get to see what we saw as well. Like all the little touches are really great to the show. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah, I absolutely agree. This episode blew me out of the water. I was sitting there, like, speechless the entire time, and as soon as it was done, I just, like, was like, I need to talk about it. Like, somebody please, like, who's watched it, like, let me talk about it. It was so amazing. We're finally getting more information. Time is making a little bit more sense now, because before, I was like, time, what is that? Like, she got pregnant and gave birth in the same day. Like, what is time? And it's making a little bit more sense to me. Not, I'm still pretty much clueless, but in the sense that they are watching it, like, watching those decades happen, but yet, like, the helicopter, like, while that happened, and then it came back in the show, like, that time aspect made sense, but time in Wanda's world is still making me very confused. Yeah, and also what I liked about this episode is that it took its time developing Monica Rambeau a lot. This is kind of her episode, too, a lot of it. Um, and I thought that they really needed to build up her character. Didn't know how they were going to do that in the, in the sitcom, but this episode was great. You, you feel the heartbreak of her mom dying, and then you get that she's been basically demoted. She would have been the head of the of, <clears throat> of S.W.O.R.D. if she didn't get blipped. So you have that stuff. And then she gets sucked into the world and then gets put back out. I wonder what is next for her in these next couple episodes. Yeah, you know, I was really surprised that they kind of these three new characters that we've talked about. I mean, we know Monica Rambeau's character isn't new. You know, we had her uh, in Captain the previous America. episode, but you know, she she's yeah. we really know this is really her coming out episode. I would say. Um, yeah. So having basically the three new characters, Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Woo, and Doctor Darcy Lewis, um, I think really hijacks this episode from Wanda and Vision in a way that I didn't think they would go for at all. You know, I thought WandaVision, so just two Avengers co-starring, you know, sharing the spotlight, and, and that's how they're going to do this. Um, but I was blown away that they were just like, okay, WandaVision, like, you're in the episode, but you're like less than 10 minutes. And, and everything else is just all these characters. I mean, I loved it, and I thought it was great, but I was just honestly surprised that they had that much confidence in their newer characters to uh, give them that much spotlight in the show. 
Um, honestly, the I, I had low expectations for MCU shows. Uh, you know, while I think they do a, a mostly good job with the movies, I you know, seeing as though they haven't really gone gone into shows at all, I figured that WandaVision would be uh, very like not taking any risks and very just like safe. Um, and I'm really blown away and happily surprised by how much they are just like pulling out all the stops when they didn't need to to make it successful. Yeah, everything. It's taking all the risks. It's the complete opposite of what your expectations were. Each episode's taking a huge leap. And for me, it's all paying off. And we still have a couple more episodes. We still have, I think, five more. So I'm really pumped. As you said, even Wanda's scene with Monica, where we get the actual real version of Wanda kicking Monica out, was really villainous. I don't know if you guys also felt that. We kind of we kind of talked about that last week, how we thought Wanda kind of seemed like a villain last episode. That scene was really villainous from her, especially... Um, you know, Vision going up to her and saying, you know, we, you know, um, even last episode saying like, we should go somewhere. And she's like, we have to stay here. And she just says it in a very villainous way. You know, I don't think, I think someone else is there adding on to this. Like Agnes's character, I think is also a villain in the show, but I think it's, it was a very villainous scene in my opinion. Thor in the Thor movies, but I think she is absolutely like such a badass in this. Like she kind of like the one officer i don't know his name was kind of like talking to her and she's like who's the like the specialist here and that kind of thing because she was like really like let me do my job and like you go do yours don't like micromanage me kind of thing and i was like yes that's what i want to see from her character and it was so amazing because she's finding out like she's watching each episode and she was the one who discovered they need like a retro tv to watch this episode and a new tv from every decade and i think that was also such a cool thing that they had to go and get a tv to watch it on that like past I don't know, I just think, like, it was so cool for me to see that, because I was like, wow, so they understood that they need, like, an old TV to go watch this episode, and then a newer model for the 60s episode, and then a newer model for, like, the 70s, and I just think that was really cool to see. Yeah, and I think, you know, Jacob and you both said it well, who knows where the show's going the next couple episodes, which is exciting, I don't think that's as negative, I think people just have, like, it's great not knowing stuff, and not, and thinking of questions, it was also funny and ironic the fact that Jimmy Woo was writing stuff on the board that us fans have been asking for each episode, like, yeah. what's up with the hexagonal shapes, scroll, like, all this stuff. It was really hilarious, and uh, I thought it was just so well done. I can't, I, I did see, like, a, a bit of a promo for next week that they released, like, 30 seconds. It looks like we're getting into some real stuff next week with Vision, especially, because it feels like each episode, progressively, Vision looks more worried about, he doesn't really know what's going on. And I wonder, does Vision leave the world next episode, which was kind of what it was hinting at? I'm really excited. Vision has been one of the more interesting characters of when he realizes what's actually going on, how will he react to Wanda? I think that's the big question coming up. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really just want to know, like, is Vision really there? Is his consciousness yeah. there? And or, or is it just like something the villain has made up or something that Wanda has created herself? Um, Dead Vision scared the shit out of me. I yeah. was not ready for that. That's something I'm gonna see in my dreams. Like I said, I haven't seen like Avengers Endgame or anything. So like when he did die, I guess I don't know. But I just know I was like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, he died in Infinity War, the the movie just before Endgame. And no, 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 yeah. no. um, or no, was it? Yeah, yeah, the movie just Infinity before Endgame. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if, I don't know if you noticed, but he has this gigantic hole in the front of his head that because they. Yeah, yeah, Thanos just rips his fingers into his uh, skull and just pulls out the stone. 
So that's why he looked like that. I did know that. So when they showed him dead, it was just like missing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Not going to lie. Yeah. And I thought it was creepier because they showed him twice and then they cut right back to normal vision. Like nothing happened. It was very, it was very odd. Yeah. Definitely unnerving and unsettling. No. That's what that's what I think the whole point of this world is for, which is bringing back vision in her mind, like a bringing back vision. I think that's the whole. I think vision is like a corpse or something, and she's trying to bring vision back to life. That's what I think is what the purpose of this whole thing is. But we'll see if that comes true in the next couple weeks. No, I want to know where the uh, twins get involved in all of this, because if he's yeah. dead, the twins are very like shocking to me. <laughs> so I'm just. I don't know. I want to know where the twins have to um, play in that. I hope that big storyline gets developed more as well. Yeah. No doubt, for sure. Um, and, you know, we did mention it. I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the episode uh, about Thor. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we got some uh, news, a little bit of behind-the-scenes photos um, from the set of the fourth Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, The the behind-the-scenes photos we got were of Chris Hemsworth, who obviously plays Thor, and Chris Pratt, who plays Star-Lord in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So we got the the behind-the-scenes photos of them two talking together on the set. So I don't believe there had been any word that Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, would be in this movie beforehand. So that's totally news, uh, news to us. So And then we also saw Nebula on scene as well. So it uh, looks like the Guardians of the Galaxy are most likely making, you know, uh, it's unsure, it's unclear if their entire lineup will be here, but uh, you know, at least most of it looks like it's going to be in this film uh, in some capacity. You know, this definitely gave me vibes to Thor Ragnarok when they had the Hulk in Thor Ragnarok. So it's not just a solo Thor movie; it's Thor plus some other characters in some capacity. So yeah. you know, what do you think about the Guardians making an appearance in this film? Yeah, I thought I thought I well, I knew Pratt was signed to do the film, but I didn't even know about Nebula. I thought it would just be Pratt. Um, so I thought this is really interesting. See, I I also I looked at it a different way. I looked at it as like a Doctor Strange type of cameo, like Doctor Strange cameoed in Ragnarok, um, for, for that one or one scene in the post credit scene. It could be like this because it seems like Thor three is gonna have a I mean Thor four I mean is gonna have a huge story involving Thor. Um, Lady Thor now with Natalie Portman coming back. You have Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Christian Bale is the villain. Like there is so much greatness happening, and Taika's directing it. I'm really, in- really anticipating this film. I don't know about you, but this is one of the best casts I think the MCU's had, um, in my opinion, especially because Bale just adds so much. But it started filming, which is great. Um, it-, it should be the Guardians should be in this film because we last saw Thor on their ship at the end of Endgame. So it would be it would make no sense if Thor at the beginning movie was just like oh yeah I love the Guardians it it really wouldn't pay off anything from Endgame so I think it makes sense to have Pratt I I do wonder is like Gamora gonna be here Rocket Groot like is it gonna be the whole gang or is it just gonna be Pratt maybe Nebula we'll see I it, it's it's a lot of characters but I think Taika knows how to pull it off for sure yeah um you know I, I was really hoping this movie would be a Natalie Portman type movie with Chris Hemsworth playing like, you know, the, 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 uh, the second guy up. Um, and if Chris Pratt is making an appearance in it, you know, that's all good with me, but I, I really hope it's not a star Lord plus Thor movie. And Natalie Portman is in the background 
You know, like I, I really, uh, I really feel like I'm, I'm just slightly nervous that the Guardians of the Galaxy might be taking over this movie a little bit. And if it's just Chris Pratt and Nebula, I think that could totally work. But if you have the entire ensemble of the Guardians, I think it doesn't make sense to have them unless they play a role and each character has some sort of role. And if you give them all a part, like a real role in it, it's going to it might it might derail the uh, the main focus of the film. I think it to be determined. I I'm super excited for it though. I was gonna say I really don't think they're gonna do that because they're also bringing back one of Thor's best friends. I forgot her name from the first Thor film. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Back. So they have. I think the main story, honestly, is just going to be Thor, Valkyrie, Lady Thor, and Christian Bale. I think that's the main focus of the movie. And Guardians will pop in here and there, possibly very much could be like a Hulk, or it could be like a Doctor Strange. That's a huge difference, but I think one, it's going to fit into one of those cameo range. And I, I just trust Taika. I trust the people behind the film to put together a really great Thor film. But this has to, I mean, this is a pretty big film. This is the biggest Thor film by a lot so far. Yeah, and as you said, Taika Waititi is the director. Um, he he did Thor Ragnarok, and obviously that was a huge success. Um, you know, he didn't yeah. direct the first two Thor movies, so his his first MCU movie he directed was Ragnarok. In, in case anyone you know doesn't know that, so um, we've seen great and, things yeah. from him in the past, and I'm hoping to see more. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit is a great film. He directed that Hunt for the Willow People. So this guy's a hasn't really missed as a director yet. So could that jinx this movie? I don't think so. I think Hemsworth is too good at this character right now. Um, I wonder if he, fa- if he, if it, sorry, if he's Fat Thor anymore. Is he, is he, is he going to? Oh, please no! I can't see more Fat Thor. It is, it is going to be interesting. I think he's going to go back to regular Thor. I just think it would be funny if the beginning of the movie was just him being Fat Thor again. I really did enjoy that Endgame, but I know it didn't look like you did, but I really did. I mean, come on! If the God of Thunder. Can't keep his weight down. I mean, what am I supposed to do, man? I, ah. I'm just, I'm just Jacob around the corner, you know, like from around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I? When the God of Thunder can't lose some weight? I mean, come on. No. Nah, um, <laughs> was given Asgard. She became the king of Asgard at the end of Endgame. So there's a lot. That ha- like, how does Thor even get involved in this? Because if it's about Asgard, that's kind of Valkyrie's area at this point. So I'm wondering how they incorporate Thor back into Asgard. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Gabrielle, I know you said that you're not the biggest Marvel fan, an MCU superhero fan, but we know that uh, Natalie Portman is going to be in this movie. I don't know if you've watched any other movies with her, but I mean, she's an excellent actress, and uh, I think this is going to be, you know, uh, definitely similar to something like the Black Widow movie. I'd definitely be looking out for any comparisons between them. You know, I I love to see... um, the MCU have female characters be leads in films. You know, previously we get stuff like Gamora where she's kind of like a background character. It seems like to, to Chris Pratt and in, in Guardians movies, but um, you, you know, I'm just curious to see what you think about uh, Natalie Portman and her role in this film. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. Of course I love Natalie Portman. I think she's an amazing actress. I have seen quite a few of her films and, shows or whatnot so i do think she's quite a great actress and i after watching wandavision i'm like i really want to watch uh, more and more marvel movies like i said before so i'm definitely going to have to watch them and then this will just be like another like thing to watch and now i'm actually looking forward to it. it's not like i'm forcing myself to i'm actually 
genuinely excited to watch it, just like I was for the new DCEU movies, so. For sure. Yeah, it was definitely a lot to be interested in. And mm-hmm. um, I also want to keep, as we transition off Thor, I want to keep on the superhero topic for at least one more segment here. Uh, so we got some news about the, the next Shazam movie. So the original Shazam came out in 2018. Uh, you know, huge success, great movie. And then we got the news that the sequel movie, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, uh, is going to start filming this May. So it's most likely slated for probably a 2022 release. You know, sometime in that, in that range, that looks likely. Um, so, you know, it's, it's speculated that uh, Dwayne Johnson is going to get a role in this film. You know, we know that there's been, he's going to be playing Black Adam, who's the villain uh, opposite of Shazam. And, you know, we know he's been tied to the Black Adam role since like 2016. He's been, and he announced that he is going to play Black Adam in some form. There's supposed to be a Black Adam movie coming. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of unclear if the movie's going to come before the, the Shazam film. You know, I'm not really exactly sure. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's definitely, definitely going to be looking out for The Rock and seeing, uh, you know, what his role will be in, in this film and, and in his own film. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if you guys also really liked the first film, but I really did enjoy the first film. I saw it yeah, twice in theaters. I, I really enjoyed it. It felt very fresh and not really a superhero film. Well, you know, it has superhero tropes in it. I thought it was great. The one thing I am kind of going to be worried about, obviously, is that it seems like we're getting a lot bigger, especially with Black Adam, a lot of, in a, you know, Fury of the Gods. It sounds very, you know, superhero-y. And the part that I loved about the first film was just about the family aspect, you know, the adopted family home. That part really spoke to me. I thought it was really heartwarming and really nice. So I don't want the, the, the Shazam films to start losing that to do more blockbuster-type stuff. I think it should still be contained in that family-oriented thing like the first film was. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think it's definitely really hard to do that in a sequel film, especially when the original is so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're definitely definitely looking out for that, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to in see how it changes. Um, you know, I think for me, I just couldn't be more excited for DC to be trending in the right direction. You know, I, I think, uh, we've known this for a while, like I said, but I think The Rock as Black Adam has to be one of the best castings in a superhero film. I mean, he is just born to play Black Adam, I think. Even though we have yet to see him on screen, I mean, he, I, knowing what he's like in other films, and, you know, obviously knowing the Black Adam character and drawing comparisons, I think he's just perfect for that role. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we're getting a lot of DC news, and a lot of it not particularly good. Um... So it's nice to see something good. Shazam was a bright spot for the DCEU, and I'm really excited that it's going to be back. I'm honestly expecting it to be not as good because I, for the reasons you said, uh, you know, as the original, like I, I do think the original really capitalizes on the, uh, you know, foster home, you know, uh, a family that isn't a real family, you know, being a family even though they're not related by blood at all, and that that whole the whole element of him discovering his powers and you know a different take on what it's like to be a superhero like a more modern take like if a 12 year old boy really did become a superhero now he probably would just upload videos to youtube of him punching stuff 
and you know try to buy alcohol from from a liquor store. And that's probably what he would do. Uh, whereas you know we see a Superman movie and he's you know it's super serious. You know that, that's an example, not necessarily you know the same type of thing. But it's nice to see um, more of like I guess a realistic approach and uh, definitely a more comedic approach to the typically super dark DCEU. Um, but I, I think a lot of that's going to be lost on this film, you know, for better or for worse. I do think the kid element, I just realized this, that, the, you know, the kids turned, you know, when they say Shazam, they turn into the adult superheroes too at the end of the film. I wonder if, if that's how they're going to be represented too in this one, a mix of both again. Um, I think Mark Strong should be coming back. He was the villain of the last one. He was in the prison cell. We last we saw him in the end credit scene. I wonder if he's the villain. I don't think they're going to make Black Adam the villain of Shazam 2 and then just give him his own movie. I feel like they're going to ha- this will be a small I don't think it's going to be as big as role as pe- people are going to think in my opinion, but I could be totally off. Uh, I'm feeling like he could be a uh, Black Manta in Aquaman style villain yeah. or um you know and, and that is to say if you haven't seen Aquaman for anyone listening that um he's a small villain that makes an appearance but he's not the overarching villain of the movie. Either that or I'm I'm uh, speculating that he could be maybe, maybe uh, you know Shazam is warned of Black Adam that he's some bad guy, but he needs Black Adam's help to defeat whatever villain is in his way, and then uh, by doing that, you know, let's say he he frees Black Adam from if he's trapped somewhere, or, or he, he does something, and that sets up Black Adam to be the villain in the next movie. Um, you know, that's definitely a potential. Uh, I do really think this movie would miss on not having Black Adam appear in some sort of fashion. I think they would do very well to have him at least appear in this film. Um, you know, I don't think anything is confirmed on that front yet, but uh, you know, th- that's at least my my hopes. Really interesting, and I I, I really don't. It, it I actually really like your thoughts on the Black Manta comparison because I think that really could be great because just like Black Manta. He was great in his little screen time, and now he could be the big bad of Aquaman 2. They do the same thing here with Shazam, is make him a bit of, you know, throw him in there a couple times, and then give him his own thing, which I think could be really, I think your comparison was spot on. Yeah, yeah, I I totally hope that's how they go with it, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, that's all superhero topics for now, so I think we'll probably, you know, put the superheroes away. Uh, for the time being, and I did, I know you have some, uh, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit about some of the shows you watched, Max, so, um, you know, why don't you uh, take away, take that away? I'll talk about the little things really here, which is a pretty big movie to come out during the pandemic at the moment. Once again, if you guys know, the Warner Brothers HBO Max deal, this is kind of the first movie originally a part of that plan. One Woman was not a part of the idea plan, it was just a one-time thing. Then they did a plan. This is the first movie out of the gates, and three Academy Award-winning actors, and the director wrote and directed, you know, The Blind Side, The Founder, um, and wrote Saving Mr. Banks. So this is a pretty big-time movie that falls short. It's very average, um, and I was really disappointed by the movie. I think um, if you like Denzel Washington, he's great in the movie. Um, he's not the reason why the movie's not great. Um, Rami Malek is good. Jared Leto is also very. Yeah, Jared Leto's good, but he it felt very typecast. Like, of course, he's playing a serial killer or something. It felt right on, you know, right on brand for Jared Leto. Um, 
But the issue was Rami Malek's character had a huge... They set him up really well in the first 30, 45 minutes of the movie, and then nothing kind of pays off for him in the ending of the movie. And you, you, it, it's a very bland movie. Um, I really want to talk about this movie because, it, I mean, everyone's talking about it now. Um, I think you brought up in our note page how it has like a 47% or something Rotten Tomatoes score. Yep. And I gave it around a 52%. So it's right on where they have it for me. So I think some people are going to like it, but you've seen this type of movie a billion times about a detective crime, about finding a serial killer who's killing girls. You've kind of seen it a billion times. And I guess these are better actors and a good director doing it, but I just, I really was very disappointed with this film. Yeah, and not surprising to hear, seeing as though, like you said, Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared Leto, huge actors all in this movie as a trio. And then obviously it's on HBO Max. I believe it is free, isn't it? Um, as long as you have an HBO Max subscription. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's on HBO Max, and again, it's uh, the movie's called The Little Things. So, you know, I, I was super, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I can tell you what, your review is not inspiring me. No. At all. <laughs> No, and it's it's interesting because now HBO Max is now doing this every month. Like this month, they're releasing Judas and the Black Messiah and Tom and Jerry. And then March is the Snyder Cut and Godzilla vs. Kong. So they're bringing, I mean, these are big movies that would have been big in theaters coming to HBO Max. So it's good for us, I guess. It's really interesting to see, for example, how Godzilla vs. Kong will do on the streaming service. Compared to Wonder Woman, for example, it's going to be it's an interesting next couple of months for HBO Max. Yeah, you know, I think that's really interesting. It's a really interesting point to make, especially about the Godzilla versus Kong thing, because that's a movie typically you you are wanting to see that movie because it's in theaters and because it's a yes. huge screen and it's explosions and everything. But that's amplified by the experience of being in a huge theater. And now you're at home watching on your TV. This movie all of a sudden becomes not really as appealing, I think, to a lot of people out there. And I, I think that Warner Brothers is probably knows that. And uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess they just have to, to, to swallow that that kind of loss um, with yeah. a film like that. But people are going to see. I mean, that trailer blew up like in That's a true. really good way for them. Like a, everyone was talking about that trailer. So. Hopefully that means good news for them heading in because I can't wait to talk about it with you guys when we all get to see it. But um, HBO Max, and we talked about DC, Snyder Cut is coming out in basically a month. Yeah. Um, so that could either really project, you know, project them in a really good direction or put them right where they were. So I like you're talking about, you know, the positiveness of DC, but the Snyder Cut has a lot riding on it, and HBO Max is a big part of that. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Gabrielle, I know there's a new show you've been watching, courtesy of me. Oh my God. D Lucifer, yes. tell me about tell me about Lucifer. Okay, I just want everybody to know, Jacob and I have a pact. I told him he has to watch Gossip Girl if I watch Dexter. I haven't started Dexter yet because I have to get like I have to illegally download it. Shh, no, you didn't hear me say that. But. <laughs> <laughs> But I have been watching Lucifer, and oh my god, I am severely addicted to it. Like, it's been, I think, a week since I started watching it, and I'm, like, almost two weeks I'm on season three, episode 20. So, like, I'm almost on season four already. And on top of doing schoolwork and hanging with my friends, like, literally every single time, if I'm sitting here doing my makeup for the day, Lucifer is on. And honestly, this show is great. 
I love how, as of right now, I know, Jacob, you said it kind of, like, changes season four a little bit, but as of right now, whatever Lucifer is going through in his personal personal life, there's a case that kind of matches that, and he is trying to manage his personal life while helping Chloe, aka the detective, and all of that, like, all of that, and honestly, it's so good, like, I just cannot stop watching it so i really recommend that show i know i kept putting it off and was like oh why don't you watch lucifer i'm like no 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 no. so this is also one of the shows that jacob told me i have to watch and i honestly completely agree i'm very happy i'm watching it because i can't stop watching it (laughs) yeah you know it's a great show i've watched it uh, as much as they have so far so i i you know can't wait to see uh you know your reaction to some of the the major know end stuff in season three and uh you know season four and five are, are both really good so you know definitely it, 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 i love that i love that you know getting other people interested in shows like that and especially it's weird for me i'm the type of person who i watched lucifer while it was coming out season one two three four five each season i had the break in between when they were actually releasing and you are just you know lightning quick through all of them so it's definitely going to be yeah, interesting to see yeah because it's like one after another it's a lot of information to kind of like take in but that's kind of what happens when you binge a show you watch it all and then you just sit there and you process it when you're finally done for the night after watching and you're like damn like that was a really good show like all the information and it's just like one after another and like something gets like dropped and it's something else is now the problem and honestly i think it's a great show i really can't stop watching it. i can't recommend it enough so thanks for that because it is it is pretty good and I'm really excited to see what they have in store, like, next. But I also am really bad, and I want to look at the cast for the show. And I finally gave in today, and then there are some characters that haven't been, like, introduced yet, and now I'm pissed because I know they're coming at some point, point. I just don't know when. <laughs> but that's, like, a problem with me. Like, I have to know, like, the cast of, like, everything, and I have to know. So I'm like, all right, I finally gave in because I'm like, I know I'm going to get some sort of spoiler. And, like, I did. I just don't know when. I couldn't look into any more than, like, the basic cast, but you kind of, it's kind of my own fault. No, I totally get that. I, I do that with certain uh, movies and shows too, 100%. Um, all right. Well, it looks like we're, we're kind of getting towards our time here. Um, if we want to be quick, Max, I know there's another uh, review you wanted to do for a Palmer and the Dig. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do Palmer. Uh, I'll do Palmer. Um, Justin Timberlake, Apple TV Plus, um, about Justin Timberlake plays a guy who goes into prison for beating someone up, and he goes in prison for a couple years comes out and what it's basically what it's life life after being in prison, how you can get jobs, this and that. And then he finds this kid who's staying with his grandmother and he has to, and after his grandmother dies, has to take care of this kid. And this kid is very complex. He's like eight or nine years old, but he's a he's a guy, he's a male, but he tries to act like a woman. He wants to be a cheerleader. He's why he wants to dress up as a fairy for Christmas and all these different things in Louisiana. Um, so I thought the film was quite, was fine. I thought Timberlake was actually really good. Um, I, I, I do like Timberlake a lot as an actor, but the film did have too many of the generic stuff you see in films like this. Like, of course, Timberlake has a love interest who is, te- is the teacher of the kid. And there's just, it gets, it, it gets a little too generic at times, but Timberlake and this kid, I think his name's like Ryder Allen or something in real life. Uh, really great performances there. So if you have Apple TV Plus and you like JT, uh, definitely check that one out. All right, good stuff. Um, well, with that being said, I think we're going to wrap up the episode here today. So I appreciate you know everyone tuning in, watching. 
either on YouTube or on Spotify. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it. And we'll be back same time next week with more movie news. Till then, you know, that's been the Movie Mafia. We'll see you guys in the next one.